0: Oh, hey, it's Colin, uh, alone in the studio this evening as we record. We're going to try something a little bit interesting this evening. And as it happens, we were just talking about this on last week's podcast. I mentioned at the top that I was sort of curious uh, about our chances of running a direct phone line into the studio mixer here at the Show Show podcast. I thought that would broaden our opportunities to have guests on the show if we wanted, or just uh, extend the show to friends if they wanted to take part. Uh, and so like just a few hours after that podcast went out, I had the bug so badly that I went out and I, I bought a little studio mixer, which I, I believe is going to do the trick. Now, maybe you're listening to this right now and going, Colin, you sound terrible. You sound way more echoey than you normally do. This is terrible room quality. You need to work on this. If that's the case, we're going to learn from our mistakes. We're going to do the podcast this way. Uh, As it turns out, we're getting a bunch of snow here in Halifax today. So what better opportunity could we have to test out the direct phone line system than to have Slaney stay in Dartmouth on the other side of the bridge, safely in his house, and we'll do the podcast over FaceTime, running uh, my iPhone into the podcast. Now, Maybe that doesn't mean anything to you. Maybe it doesn't matter. I'm just kind of curious to see how this works. We're gonna give it a go. Uh, gonna call Slaney up, and we're gonna do the podcast like normal. And hopefully, throughout listening, you'll be able to forget that we're not in the same room. Certainly, that's my goal. It would just be really cool if we could uh, deal in what radio calls the theater of the mind. Use our imaginations. So, uh, let's get Slaney on the phone for episode 72 of the Show Show Podcast. Spoiler alert, here's this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Hey. Oh, hey, what's up?
1: Nothing, man. I'm just uh, walking inside from spreading down salt and shit.
0: Oh, the initial winter as a homeowner.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I have all my like snowboard stuff on right now. Um. So give me, should you give me 10
0: minutes or should I just try to I, I did. I did give you 10 minutes. Do you want me to give you another 10 minutes? Oh, you, I didn't know you gave me 10 minutes already.
1: I didn't know you were gonna be so timely with it. I thought we could just like hop on the phone.
0: I have to go to bed at a decent time.
1: <laughs> All right, okay. I'm getting inside.
0: Sweet's I'm not, I'm not trying to be a time Nazi here. I can, I can call you back in five minutes.
1: No, let, let me just complain to Jen about it.
0: All right.
1: So he's being a time Nazi. Uh, and I'm trying to continue on here. Are you going to continue this recording while I do this?
0: Yeah, why not? This yeah. is really exciting. This is a real moment. The listeners have, <laughs> never, the listeners have never been inside your house before.
1: <laughs> That's right. Okay, so what should I do with this stuff? Oh, you're thinking I should go on Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking off my snowboard jacket, wiping the salt from my very hands.
0: Last year, Matt Salini bought a house, and in Nova Scotia, for whatever reason, in 2018, winter came really late, but now we've had two blizzards in the same week. It's been snowing all day long, and so rather than uh, step outside in a really unsafe way and drive over to the podcast, we figured we would do it over the line.
1: Now, Sweets, do you know if it was... Supposed to stop snowing? Ever?
0: It was supposed to stop snowing and start again, but instead it just kept going.
1: Right. So is it supposed to go all night?
0: No, it was supposed to be like 5 this morning and 5 this evening, but I have a feeling we already got our 10.
1: Oh my god, yeah, we we have like 20 for sure.
0: Yeah, I think so too, but it was so wet that it didn't really amount to too Um, much on the streets. It just was slippery all day.
1: Right. I was just throwing... Salt down, expecting my neighbor across the street to try to mansplain me about how to <laughs> salt down because he's that kind of guy right and I was trying to make neighborly banter, but I also took his uh snow shovel yesterday without him knowing, and then he drove back, and I had a snow shovel because my snow shovel was locked in my shed,
0: right, so he thinks when- you're irresponsible
1: I think he yeah I, he was not happy about it like wow. he he made a, a point of kind of like. Being a dick about it. Typical neighbor. Not not like saying, hey, don't ever take my shovel again, but just looking really pissed about it.
0: We were talking about uh, weird neighbors uh, on the radio show this morning as it happens. Oh, does Natalie have one? She doesn't have one currently, but everybody's had one at some point. Like growing up, there was this house across the street where it just seemed like the families that lived there were always French-Canadian. And they were always strange. Not that those two things are connected, but it was a coincidence. And Your neighbors? neighbors? Yeah, my neighbors. They were always th- this type, this archetype. And one family in particular, they were so strange. The man, like the father of the family, would do all his yard work in nice clothes. So he would, <laughs> well, he would like mow the well, lawn. Tuxedo. Yeah, he would like mow the lawn in khakis and a dress shirt, like a pressed shirt, loafers. He would garden in a blazer. The weirdest guy. And then his son, who was like a few years older than me, he was like a teenager and this gross stoner hippie teenager. His first car was a school bus. Like he bought a, <sighs> a decommissioned school bus, full size school bus, painted it black with like matte acrylic Benjamin Moore black paint. And then I, let, see no, I see nothing wrong with that. And let all his hippie friends live inside the school bus until somebody else on the street called the city live inside the school bus yeah there was just like six or seven disgusting hippies living in the black school bus across from my my nice house growing up for probably two weeks
1: that is legend status achieved i just took a cookie by the way which um i hope you and becky really enjoy this in the listen in the playback
0: all right you're gonna sit down soon so your audio can settle down (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to get settled, man. I told you, I wasn't ready. No, no, no. You told me seven thirty, and then I asked you at seven thirty. You ready? You said give me ten minutes. I gave you twelve minutes, and you're still not ready. <laughs> Thanks for the extra two minute cushion there.
1: <laughs> Very kind of you. Um, okay, so I'm getting my charger out. Oh shit! I want to get my laptop too, so I could like look shit up. Oh, well. okay.
0: You never do go. that on other podcasts.
1: No, I know, but that was going to be the benefit of doing it for my house. I thought I was going to look like a champ. But now my laptop's still downstairs, and I'm up here like a sap. What a loser. Just one sec. I'm going to run down again. Okay. Anyway, so so let's start talking about this week in uh, entertainment.
0: Okay, well, first of all, we have to dedicate today's show to Becky Tucker, the love of my life, who was the first and only person to correctly answer on Twitter that... He who moved into Fraser's condo to live with him, in the pilot no less, was Fraser's father, Martin. Congratulations, Martin. at Becky Tucker on Twitter. This show's for you.
1: I understand why you said first, but I don't understand why you said only one to
0: respond. She's the only one who responded.
1: <laughs> Your transparency uh, <laughs> is, is going to hurt the ratings of this podcast. You're overall. right.
0: I am, I am <laughs> too open. I'm, I'm shining too bright a light on our small listener base.
1: Small but That's loyal.
0: Right.
1: True. Very true. Small but mighty. That's we need right. to service those five listeners.
0: Okay. So what I think so far is that it's very obvious to the listener that you're not here in the studio with me, but it's still, okay. it's still incredibly easy to tell uh, what you're saying. Oh, good. It's very clear that we're having a conversation. I think the levels are balanced. I hope after I EQ them in the end, everything sounds kosher
1: oh you do that after the fact
0: I do a little bit of balancing just to make it just to make it sound okay but we're using an entirely different device here uh, The listeners won't be able to to see this but I can show you this is what, okay I'll
1: describe to the listeners okay so it's like a it's like a little box with a bunch of knobs and a couple plugs I think it's um a power bar uh, it's is that a power bar sweets
0: it's uh, an interface to run uh, audio into into the laptop, boosting the sound card and preamping all the microphones. And then we can uh, individualize all of our audio feeds, such as you on the phone, uh, me here in studio. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's gonna revolutionize our podcast.
1: That was what exactly <clears throat> what you just said was my next guess.
0: Okay, good, good. So uh, this is kind of interesting. You know, Michael Wolff, Fire and Fury, the book, of, the book du jour. Is it the book du jour? I don't know about this book. Yeah, so this is the the journalist who was given a White House credential to shadow the president for the first year of his presidency.
1: Oh, yes, I know exactly what this book is. I thought it was like a fiction book for a second.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. So it's called Fire and Fury. What's interesting is that they initially gave him the credential because he had written a a fairly, I mean, as far as uh, fake news media goes, he had written a fairly um, non-critical piece about Trump some time ago, and so they figured, hey, this guy's on our side. We'll let him write, <laughs> we'll let him write the book about the first year of the Trump presidency. Uh, he puts out the book, and it's, it's not <laughs> very celebratory of President Trump whatsoever. No, I wouldn't think so. And it became the biggest book in the world. It sold like 40 million copies in a minute or something. Insane. It got uh, sold as a, a TV show today. No, what? <clears throat> They're going to do a Fire and Fury mini series on some like fancy pants cable network which means we're going to have somebody portray president trump as i assume a, a lunatic villain in this political farce that's supposed to be based on this insane farce we're actually living
1: but actually like accurate
0: yeah no it's not going to be an snl sketch it's going to no be, which which <clears throat> is all i can picture it's going to be the well that's because he's such a caricature and everybody's doing these silly cartoony depictions of him but how do you right. dress up like Trump and not look like a caricature cuz he himself looks like a caricature any Donald
1: Trump impression seems like an SNL sketch absolutely
0: but like how like you said how do you do it seriously so that it's <laughs> so that it's just theater and not something goofy yeah impossible anyway it, it's going to happen eventually we'll do it on the <sighs> podcast there's going to be a mini series i guess not on like uh, the Ryan Murphy ilk—they're going to. There's going to be something that takes itself seriously based on this book, *Fire and Fury* by Michael Wolff.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see who they cast as Trump and Melania.
0: <laughs> do you, I just do feel you like care no who mat- they, they cast as Melania.
1: <laughs> I kind of. I just again, I can't picture anyone but like Cecily Strong or like
0: Sofia Vergara. Oh, jeez, Sofia Vergara. They announced <laughs> they announced this week that uh, season ten is going to be it for Modern Family.
1: Yeah, it's probably time for it to start winding down.
0: I mean, it's been winding down for a little while anyway. It hasn't been that good for. I mean, it, when it started, it was a really special show. Yeah, but it. I don't know if it evolved properly. Yeah.
1: I. Well, why don't you think that? Do you, have you continued watching it?
0: No, I haven't watched it in years. But partly because I thought it wasn't evolving. A couple of things. I thought the kids stopped being cute, and this is a this is a problem. Very naturally and understandably, that every family sitcom has. When the kids that were hired to be cute stop being cute, they bring in other kids to be cute, and almost never are those kids as cute. Uh, right. Raven on the Cosby Show might be the exception, but almost never are the backup cute kids as entertainment right. and, and plus you now got to deal with these chubby versions these chubby voice cracky ugly versions of the once cute kids you used to love
1: right uh that was a really good point about raven ravens probably was cuter and funnier than rudy maybe originally
0: yeah can you adjust your microphone it's just kind of muffled in your shirt sure yeah that's better like this should yeah.
1: it be like hanging in front of my
0: well you don't have to focus on it too too much but that sounds great okay cool yeah so they've been kind of dying the other criticism i have of modern family is that the cam and mitchell storyline started to be way too formulaic they were just like bickery and manipulative they were not cool to each other
1: (laughs) right it was kind of like how can i make this person's life a
0: disaster yeah how can i be incredibly selfish in my marriage right
1: yeah that's not a good uh thing to be teaching to the as like what is the norm for the gay community
0: well and uh it's crazy but nine years ago it was kind of edgy that they were like a married gay couple on tv not edgy but like it definitely was less common nine years ago yeah i mean there had already been will and grace of course and and other examples but like that they were going to be a mainstay of this show that was just calling itself ordinary family in this day and age that was a step forward
1: yeah well will and grace there hadn't been really anything since that was as popular as will and grace modern family was yeah Yeah.
0: definitely not as popular in in the interim though yeah
1: and they had to make the the kid like the dumb jock and the other one like have severe anxiety
0: and he was like really effeminate and like really uh uh what's the word i'm looking for um flamboyant and I just it was seemed yeah. so over the top everybody became a cartoon character even the parents you're like right. I loved I loved Phil Dunphy the father he stayed excellent but Claire became so shrill and she was also manipul- manipulative the, kid, yeah. the kids were bratty and mean to each other it just stopped being warm and sweet and familiar it just kind of became this predictable thing but that happens you're right I mean after
1: 10 years if they would have cut it after Again, I think six years is the max you do a show.
0: Six years is the absolute, long, the longest your, your family sitcom should go or any show at all?
1: I think any show at all. Oh, wow. I think they probably, well, I mean, I don't know. There's some, there's some shows that clearly just have more story to tell. But normally, like even season seven of Game of Thrones was the one that people said, oh, okay, we're getting a little off track here. <laughs>
0: What are the exceptions of shows that ran longer than six seasons and absolutely made the most of it and they deserved to?
1: Well, The Sopranos would be the one that people probably cite the most, which I think had nine to 11 seasons.
0: Short seasons, though.
1: Yeah, true. Not a lot of episodes in the season, but they were hour-long episodes. Yeah, and and a lot of the times, I've talked about this, they had a lot of filler with, like, Tony Soprano's subconscious or unconscious mind like it was literally like full episodes of him dreaming oh really and then him talking to the therapist like why was I walking on the horse and
0: <laughs> like and did that ever amount to anything did that evolve into important story material
1: the sometimes it did and sometimes there were just like huge red herrings in it oh like like I equated almost to lost. okay like not everything added up on Lost, right?
0: No, definitely not. But I don't you know if know, you, there was some
1: stuff that was just left hanging.
0: I don't know if you could call those things red herrings. Like, red herring is a tricky uh, poetic device where you could you could call something a red herring when really you just started a thing and you didn't know how to finish it. And so you're like, oh, maybe that, was, I mean, that was a red herring.
1: Maybe or, I mean a non sequitur.
0: Even still, it's a fancier term than what it probably deserves, which is sloppy writing.
1: <laughs> that... That could be true, but I mean, I don't think The Sopranos has been accused that often of sloppy writing.
0: No, I guess. maybe I was just thinking maybe we uncovered something new about The Sopranos. <laughs> maybe new. we're going to crack this case wide open.
1: The Sopranos was actually a shit show. It
0: was actually a terrible show that changed television forever, but we can't, we can't celebrate it. Speaking Not
1: going to age well. That's actually a show that I think will be one of the only ones that ages really well.
0: Man, it's so funny. I had two different conversations this week about... How well friends ages on, oh, yeah, on the radio sure. show. We talked about it. I talked about it with Natalie, I talked about how it, it sort of does in that it remains, uh, comedically fresh, like it's still very enjoyable and warm, and they still feel like your friends and it still feels like your home. It's still very watchable, but uh. certain elements, certain aspects of the era have not held up so well at all. And if you were to go back to the beginning and, uh, I don't know take a shot every time they made some kind of casually homophobic joke, you'd be trashed. It's constant, yeah. and it's, it's, it's all over the place, extending into transphobia, where like uh-huh. it, they make a point of, of saying that Chandler had a good dad, he was a caring, present father, but because he was transgender, Chandler didn't like him, and <laughs> they didn't have a right. relationship. And you were supposed to be on Chandler's side. Yeah. Like, Which that's is, too weird. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Plus, there were no, know no black people in Friends until season 10. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True. Yeah, that stuff wouldn't fly today. Also, I read an article about The Office and them saying the same thing. Yeah? Like, there's a lot of jokes, like, at... That are kind of, like, pointed at, like, Oscar's expense because he's gay. and But that's just kind of, like, I don't know. I don't know if they... Maybe it won't age well because of the, you know, the outrage about everything. Well, it's almost
0: but it, it's almost like you can get away with it under the context of The Office because that's Michael. That's Michael Scott's that's right. ignorance. It's
1: it's about an ignorant person.
0: Yeah, basically, because Jim knows better, and you're Jim,
1: right? And Michael, at the end of the day, had a heart of gold.
0: Yes, he did. But sometimes it was hard to find, except for uh, Toby. Anyway, Not so later that same day, after having uh, talked about that on the, on the radio show, I noticed somebody else was bringing this up on Friends. Somebody had said on the, uh, oh, sorry, on Reddit, somebody had said on the television subreddit how well Friends ages, And then somebody else had chimed in to say, yeah, well, except for all of the casual homophobia and racism, passive racism, that's just kind of sitting in the show. And I defended that person because they were getting downvoted. And I was like, no, I agree with you. And then I got downvoted. It's my most downvoted comment ever. (laughs) Because you were trying to stick up for the person that said, wait, there's
1: actually a lot of things that are wrong with friends.
0: Yes. Somebody pointed out there are some things about friends that don't hold up. And I said, no, you're right. I agree. And I got like 28 downvotes. Brutal. Just buried in downvotes. I know. I'll never be the same. Uh, that's okay. Hey, speaking of Trump, before we get off Trump, the whole uh, shithole countries thing happened since yeah. our last podcast. It's
1: Oh, wow. That was right in between, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Anyway, so Conan announced yesterday uh, he's going to do a week of shows in Haiti. Okay. Which is really cool. Like, they're really going for all of these traveling road shows with the Conan thing. Yeah. As many yeah. opportunities as they have to go to some place where probably no talk show has ever been taped they seem to want to do it
1: that's awesome yeah i love it and and there's people posting like uh videos in support of trump i don't know if you've seen that one there's a lady that's like oh my god i can't believe he said it i'm so happy we always call them shit countries and he comes right out and says it like that's why he's our president (laughs) why would you and she's like And they are shithole countries. Like, you need to stay in your (laughs) shithole country if you don't like it.
0: That's shocking, eh? Well, I guess that's why he's the president, because he said the things that all these people thought they couldn't say for so many years, and now they think they can say it. That's right. He uh, passed his uh, physical with flying colors. He is in great health, so they say. He weighs 239 pounds, which, I'm sorry, is a bunch of dog shit. There's a new, yeah. there's a new movement called the girther movement, which is where you think he doesn't weigh what he says he weighs.
1: Oh, that's really funny. And I'm a girther. Because ultimately, like, yeah, they just need to listen to what he tells them, right? Like, the doctor isn't going, is the doctor just going to say his report regardless of what Trump says? Or can Trump kibosh things, like some of the results?
0: I mean, it's from the horse. can't say that. It's from the horse's mouth, except he is the same physician who, uh treated Obama so you'd like to think that he has some kind of integrity it's just I I don't buy it this guy says uh, President Trump has very good genes and though he stands to lose 10 pounds he did say that he fat shamed him a little bit he stands to yes. lose 10 pounds uh, he is in very good cha- very good uh, fitness and health for somebody 6'3 239 pounds I'm still struggling with that they also said he passed uh, he got 100% on the cognitive exam which makes me wonder is the cognitive exam like circle the t-rex like what do you have to do to to pass the presidential cognitive exam
1: oh god the only sc- scarier thing than trump being president is the idea that he knows exactly like he's playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers
0: yeah what do you mean like by he that?
1: actually like he actually knows every single move he's making and it's all going to like
0: work into his benefit. You think that this is all a strategy, that everything we feel is how he wanted us to feel according to his diabolical plan? Could you imagine that would like be how really, scary that would that be would if really he intended
1: scary. for all of this to happen from the, very, from the jump?
0: I think some of it was planned.
1: Yeah? I mean, I'm not, I'm
0: not giving him any credit. I don't think he's smart, but I think that a lot of this was forecasted among some of the quote-unquote smarter people who work with him. Mm -hmm. but I have have a hard time believing any of them can be smart unless their main goal is to dismantle government as we know it, which I guess was Steve Bannon's goal. Uh, But how can you honestly go out on a stage as like somebody with a law degree and say, no, President Trump is a genius. How can you really believe that in your heart?
1: Yeah, I I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I can't explain it.
0: No, I'm not asking you to. I'm just asking you know, the royal you. I'm just right. screaming to the world, into the nothing.
1: Listeners out there, if you can explain it, we'll <laughs> we'll dedicate the next podcast to you.
0: <laughs> That's a prize. <laughs> uh, did you see Saturday Night Live? Did you like SNL?
1: I saw Saturday Night Live. I, it was a pretty sleepy episode.
0: Yeah, I thought it was okay. I really liked, I think my favorite part was Leslie Jones as Oprah she was good i thought she was pretty funny i hate
1: that she she, why can't she get through one skit without finishing uh like i don't know why she has so much trouble she'll always stumble on one word you're right
0: in fact almost every line she screws up
1: Yeah. yeah she's better she's better as a weekend update guest yeah than as someone who has to read any cue card
0: doing characters yeah yeah Sam, um, sam rockwell overall i mean he said one of the iconic f words and it was a pretty you texted me as soon as it happens it was a, a pretty bold f word
1: i know that's yeah. what i said too like that like it was the clearest f word that i think i've ever heard on saturday night
0: Live. yeah i found a compilation of all of the times people have said the f word on saturday night live and that's really awesome some of them are more disguised than others like uh, the first one ever was, I think, 1979, 1980. It was Paul Schaefer, and they were doing these weird, like, old English, al- almost Monty Python accents. So, he's he said fookin, or, like, fookin, or something. Yeah. So, so it wasn't even quite the F word, uh, but right. that, that counts. Uh, most recently, Kristen Stewart said it in her monologue. Um,
1: oh, right. Yeah, I remember that.
0: But then, like, she kind of, like, turned red, and she slapped her hand over her mouth, and, like, Kate McKinnon started laughing, and... Like they made a right. thing of it and it was kind of, it was, it was funny. It was awkward, but it yeah. was funny with Sam Rockwell. I felt bad cause I almost felt like he was really embarrassed. I felt like how
1: distracting would that have been too in the middle of a skit?
0: Yeah. You'd probably like have a really hard time focusing up again. Cause you'd probably think, Oh no, they're never going to invite me back. I ruined it. Yeah, You'd feel, you'd feel one of two ways. You'd either feel, Oh well, or you'd feel terrible
1: yeah i think that skit actually the one that he dropped the f-bomb was like the strongest skit of the night
0: it was pretty funny yeah it was a yeah. good one and then uh more cursing when weekend update came i don't know why so many people saw fit to blog about what a renegade colin jost was for saying shit in reference to shithole countries on weekend update he defied the censors it's so well it was funny
1: because he like he like when he presented it as, I'm not supposed to say shit, but shit. I think he probably, which I was, thought was kind of lame.
0: He probably was told by standards and practice not to say it, but and then Chase said it a few minutes later. Like it's not that shocking. I think that the arbitration between who will and won't say shithole countries on TV. Is so silly. Like, Anderson Cooper says it every time. Wolf Blitzer yeah. refuses to say it. Like, when you say S-hole countries, do you really think the 12-year-olds in the room don't know what you're talking about? Right. And by not saying it, somehow they'll never know the word shit. Yeah. So Shit's silly. not even the worst. Like, it's shit. Well, it's it, like poop exactly and I mean I almost think like hole is worse than shit (laughs) (laughs) it's the grosser part of the the shithole. like you know how on TV when somebody says god damn they actually censor Mm -hmm. god and not damn have you ever noticed that yeah or asshole I think too I think they just censor hole but for some reason with shithole it's like we're really focusing on the word shit and not the broader racist overtone that exists within the expression from whence it came
1: yeah yeah (laughs) I can't believe like so much conversation has been had about shithole countries. It literally is every week there is something that you could talk about, like that Trump said, that was egregious and terrible.
0: Yeah, it's just going to keep going and going forever and ever until <laughs> oblivion. Amen. Until four years, yeah. Um,
1: the, the other thing that happened that I don't know if we talked about, what, the Aziz Ansari thing?
0: No, nah, man. I, I, of course we have to talk about that. That's a rough that, one.
1: That it's, came out and, and it's so it's one person so far.
0: It's just one person. You know what? It's it's really quite honestly a new stage in the evolution of this moment in culture. You're right. Because people are reacting to it much differently than they have all the others. For better or worse, I really don't know. I really don't yeah. ha- I don't know how to talk about the Aziz one. I don't. Because yep. on the one hand, a lot of people are saying that this grace fictional grace not fictional but anonymous grace has damaged the me too movement by reporting something as assault when it's not assault and now i'm not there and maybe it's not for me to say by her account sounds like it probably wasn't assault but to say aziz is innocent also doesn't sound right no then again i'm not sure he can be blamed for the, system- the systemic boorishness that exists in all men because of ten thousand years of of this culture. Does that sound too lofty?
1: Yeah, I mean it. It, I think maybe it's in the in the positive way. Like overall, I think if it's true that he was with a girl and didn't stop when she asked him to stop, regardless of what was what exactly was happening. He probably should have been as AD Bryant says a little more dece about it. Yeah. But I don't know the I don't know the context of, you know, what was going on that's at the time. That's not quite
0: what it was. What what she said was I don't want to have sex. And so okay. I don't want to do anything major tonight or whatever she said. Um and he was like, "Okay, that's fine." And then they chilled, and then he like tried to make a move. And not she and say then, he
1: kept shoving his fingers down my throat. Which what does that mean?
0: It's the weirdest fetish that I've been hearing about since this movement started. Since when do guys stick their fingers down girls' throats? Are we naive? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I don't know. Like, was I'm like, is that a thing that you've heard anyone else do, or is it solely in the Aziz Ansari case?
0: I think it's come up among other celebrity males being grossed. Towards really? Women. I think so. I think I feel like that was part of the Dustin Hoffman thing, but. That's a legend, because I, I don't know. I can't say... I, just, I know I've heard it recently, and otherwise have never heard it in real life. What a weird fetish. <laughs> Which I guess is what yeah. fetishes are.
1: Yeah, man. We're not schooled.
0: Maybe that's like, for if the someone,
1: If someone came sticking their fingers in my mouth, I would probably bite their fingers off.
0: Anyway, I hope we can really learn... <laughs> <laughs> bite their fingers off. I hope we can learn from this, and I hope we can all grow... And I hope I'm not being sexist in saying I hope Aziz Ansari is not done.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that too. I you know I like his body of work so far, and, and to my knowledge, he's not a complete monster. But it's possible that he made some mistakes and made uh, someone uncomfortable.
0: He strikes me as the kind of person who would want to grow from this and want to learn how to be better, and not just you mm-hmm. know, and not just say, oh, I'm I'm trying, and then go to rehab and disappear forever, right? Right. Has anyone
1: gone to rehab yet?
0: Kevin Spacey went to rehab. Oh, did he? And I think Harvey Weinstein went to rehab, but, like, of all the things that could have happened to Harvey Weinstein after the worst week of his life, uh, it's amazing how many people have buried his lead. Amazing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know he's still, like, the great icon that kind of overshadows the Me Too movement. Like, he's the... He is the genesis of of this in which we live, but people don't really talk about Harvey Weinstein anymore because they're too busy talking about Aziz Ansari or James Franco or any one of the two dozen other men who have been accused.
1: Within the last week, didn't someone like punch uh, Harvey Weinstein in the face in like Arizona?
0: There was a a TMZ video of Harvey Weinstein looking as dumpy as a human could possibly look, by the way. Like like a totally gray sweatsuit and a gray beanie. (sighs) And he's just, like, so, he's like a whale. He's just the grossest fat lardo. And he is walking through a restaurant, and he's got, like, one of his guys with him. And this guy is calling him a piece of shit. And he's, yeah, he kind of, like, backhands him on the face. He, like, kind of just taps him on the face a little bit.
1: It's Uh, it's not
0: violent. It's definitely in his grill. Right. But Harvey Weinstein, who maybe in another life, would have like gotten in this guy's face and called him a piece of shit and like been really aggressive. Back can't say or do anything, right? Right. He's just like a broken little shell of a person, which is the way we want it.
1: <laughs> which is the way we want it. Yeah, that's so interesting. I wonder, like, how if he'll survive. What? Why is he still in the country?
0: Oh, maybe he can't leave the country. Maybe he can't because he's being investigated. Yeah. Wow. It's a weird one. Did you ever watch we'll keep up. Did you ever watch Lady Dynamite? No, I didn't. It got but can- I
1: like Maria Bamford. It, yeah. got it got canceled. Yeah, it got canceled uh, last week. Yeah. That's too bad. She's Thanks. so funny. It received kind of like mixed reviews.
0: I don't know if it was never not enough people were watching it or if it's got to do with her having some uh, personal issues that needed to be dealt with. Like I know they had to take a hiatus uh, because of her bipolar disorder.
1: Okay, gotcha. So I
0: don't know if they just decided, you know what, we'll pull the plug.
1: Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. She's really well, well liked within like the comedy, the old comedy community. She She's is kind the, of like the, the female, comics female leader.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: She's, cool. She's I, cool. I wonder how close her and Sarah Silverman are.
0: I love Sarah Silverman so much. She's great. She's so funny.
1: But I would consider her like also one of the
0: leading women in comedy. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Did you see uh, the new Letterman show?
1: I you... did. I just watched it yesterday. What'd you think? Uh, I was a fan. I liked it. It wasn't necessarily, you know, it wasn't trying to be his show. It was just kind of a an interview show with funny moments.
0: Really stripped down, but also some cutaways so they could actually like do on the street almost documentary style stuff where they talk. Yeah, about I didn't Lewis.
1: expect it to be that educational.
0: Yeah, they talked about civil rights a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. I liked it.
0: I thought it was. Really I don't.
1: I, I don't know how you transition from that into George Clooney. I'm interested to see because obviously David Letterman is so interested in what Barack Obama has to say. Yeah, that I find it hard to believe that he would be anywhere near as interested to sit down and talk with George Clooney. But like he's handpicking these stars, so you got to think. Well, George Clooney has, has done a
0: lot of really good humanitarian stuff too. He's not just a pretty face.
1: That's true. That's true. Well, yeah, especially since hooking up with uh, is it Kamal. Amal. Um,
0: yeah, but before that too, like he's he's been a very like active uh is he an environmental guy, or I guess that's Leo. Yeah.
1: He's been a very active something. He's been
0: an active person. He's been very busy. Yeah. yeah, he he was extremely reverential towards Obama. Like that was a letterman that would have been so unheard of in in decades gone by. But then alternatively, Obama was just razzing Letterman at every stop. He was oh, dropping yeah. so many burns.
1: It was great to see him like really kind of stripped down, like not super, like every word he said he didn't need to be worried about.
0: Right. Except he still was fairly politic.
1: He he was pretty buttoned up, I think in general, but lesser so than he used to be.
0: He's just kind of conditioned to be (laughs) that way.
1: Literally he was buttoned down in the sense that he wasn't wearing a
0: tie. and One of his (laughs) buttons was down. (laughs) Such a cool guy. Uh, Back to the old Obama. Uh, Star Wars news of the week. John Williams confirmed coming back to score episode nine. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Why would he not come back for the last in the trilogy? (laughs) That's not even an announcement to me. Well, it is only because when they first announced that Star Wars was coming back, John Williams said, look, I will do one movie
1: oh okay gotcha so he's been doing it movie by movie
0: he didn't point. do rogue one he didn't score rogue one and if you listen to the soundtrack in that movie you'll notice that like the the music that he wrote that belongs to lucasfilm and disney and they have uh the rights to is in there thematically but that yeah. they've had to score it otherwise i don't know if it was hans zimmer or or one of those other guys so, like they got another uh heavy hitter to right. come in and score rogue one and i think they had to do that for for No, I was going to say for solo as well, but John Williams scored solo. Um, anyway, so he's still very involved, I guess. He has said yeah. in the press in the past that he has no intention of retiring, that he wants to write music for movies for his whole life.
1: Cool. He obviously enjoys it. Yeah, he's, he's he, the, it's the greatest bit, ever. It's a little bit crazy. But yeah, I mean, like there are some people that want to get out. Like Francis Ford Coppola isn't making movies all the time.
0: No, that's true. Is Francis Ford Coppola alive?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure he is. You should this probably is look why that I have up. my laptop out now.
0: I don't think he's alive.
1: Oh, you're kidding me. Francis Ford Coppola, Wikipedia. He is 78. Oh, wow. And alive in Detroit, Michigan. Well, oh, okay. no, he was born in Detroit, Michigan. Now, now he lives in Napa County.
0: You know what's sick? I hoped he was dead so that I could win that debate. So
1: you could be right. Because yeah. I'm usually wrong in these things now. Yeah, I, you
0: know. I know. Sophia Coppola is yeah. holding up the, the directing of the family, I guess. The Coppola family. She's yeah. holding them up. Uh, speaking, um, of, speaking of The Force Awakens, J.J. Uh, Abrams has written this TV pilot. It's the first TV pilot he's written since Lost. And okay. he's started shopping it around. Interestingly, it takes place in space. So, with Star Wars and Star Trek, J.J. Abrams apparently doesn't have enough space in his life. He now wants to executive produce and write a show that's set in space, like a new adventure drama.
1: He's got more room for space. Yeah. Which should be the name of the show. More room for space. <laughs>
0: Back to space with J.J.
1: Back to space. That's so weird. I know. What, what kind of story is he going to tell? I, I guess you could tell, you can make anything in space. You can do Modern Family in space if you want.
0: You know what? That's the next evolution. Just do your typical living room sitcom. (laughs) And everything else is the same, but it's set on a different planet. And don't even acknowledge that it's on a different planet very often.
1: Right. Yeah, acknowledge (laughs) it like in the final episode. Someone's like, God, it's cold out there. Space, I guess. (laughs) And then (laughs) keep keep talking.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think we just wrote a series, a TV series.
1: (laughs) Done. You should called listen. more room for space.
0: You should listen to episode seventy-two of the podcast of the show show where Sweets and Slaney design the classic sitcom "More Room for Space."
1: J.J. <laughs> Abrams would end up writing.
0: That's right. A little history was born in that moment. Uh-huh. That is all the TV news, entertainment news I have for us. That's it. That's it. There's not a whole lot this week. Everything was dominated by either shithole countries or Aziz Ansari.
1: That's fair. Uh, yeah, Z-Zons already took up a lot of space. Um, yeah, okay, well, do we want to jump into shows right now?
0: We should, are We unless you have anything else you want to cover. We're holding up, audio-wise, I think this sounds okay.
1: Good, great. Hopefully my, uh, uh, shoveling out there is holding up, and, uh, there's no more snow on top of what I already shoveled.
0: How's your week going? Are you, are you doing okay?
1: Yeah, I had that scope yesterday, so right. I was off work. That was okay. They said my intestines look great. So, See, that's so
0: uncommon for you. So that that's excellent.
1: Yeah, I was expecting them to find something else.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, no,
1: I didn't even think of that. Every year, there's something like like yeah. Your intestine looked good, but we noticed a small lump in your stomach. Oh that's God.
0: Weird. I'm so glad that didn't so, happen.
1: yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was nice, nice changeup.
0: Well, congratulations. Thanks, man. It's your turn. The to drugs
1: pick. aren't enough. They gave me some fentanyl.
0: Oh, that's like a really heavy painkiller?
1: Yeah, it's like the one that people are dying from out west.
0: Yeah. And getting
1: like super addicted to. They obviously didn't give me a whole lot because it just kind of made me lightheaded for a second. And uh that was kind of it. Then I was like just kind of comfortable. Like I was lying in the hospital bed, like, oh, uh, I could definitely just close my eyes and fall asleep. But yeah.
0: They didn't give me that much. I just kind of got lightheaded and then I blacked out and I woke up and my car was on fire and there was, <laughs> there was blood all over the I walls. W-
1: I was not driving.
0: No, thank God. Good.
1: You need someone to drive you. <laughs>
0: they
1: they say don't drive for 24 hours and also don't make any uh, investment decisions. I like that. <laughs> so, so
0: instead you bought into Bitcoin.
1: And so I bought $1,000 worth of Bitcoin. <laughs> all right pal uh no, that's that's pretty much it for me what about you
0: my week my week's been fine i'm still getting up at four o'clock in the morning but i also haven't i haven't had a good night's sleep uh at least on a school night since the start of the year so i'm starting right. to i'm starting to really wear out Ugh.
1: yeah last night was my first one because my glucose monitor goes off anytime my sugar dips below a certain point okay. it made me
0: realize how
1: often i was probably dipping below a certain point oh. but just kind of like staying steady there yeah Meanwhile, this will, like, beep and go off next to my bed and wake me and Jen up, and then I'll try to take some some of my, like, glucose candies, and it <laughs> goes up, and then I fall back asleep, and then it'll go off in, like, another two hours. Do you keep, like, it's, little jelly
0: beans by your bed or something for moments like that?
1: Uh, I keep uh, Dex4. It's, like, it's actually, like, a diabetic candy. Oh, it's like four gram carb candy. Anyway, way less this is not what the listeners want to be here.
0: No, you're right. Why don't you talk about a show? It's entirely up to you. We have two different shows, both of them brand new, uh, and both of them teased in our New Year's Day episode a couple weeks ago.
1: Which okay. one would you like to recap? I might do. I think I could do either, but I think I'm going to go with Grownish. Okay because there are way less characters in it all right there's at least a central character so uh tell me when i'm on the clock
0: okay well i'm just going to use my my analog watch here like a like a crazy person and uh, okay. i'll just tell you when you when your time is up okay
1: okay cool yeah
0: you may start your 30 second recap of the new pilot for 4 in five four three two one go
1: so Gronish centers around Anthony Anderson's daughter, who is now in university. Uh, she ends up going to a kind of community college where she thinks she's going to be hot shit, but then ends up uh, having kind of an embarrassing experience, realizes a lot of other people in her class are in this certain class because they also had embarrassing experiences that forced them to be in that class, and they all talked about it. And then they got weirdly emotional and cried about it. And... Uh, came to new terms she got a new
0: roommate sure. yeah i were we supposed to recognize who that roommate was that well the roommate was the girl who puked in the oh so we had already seen her in that episode
1: we had seen her in that episode i didn't put yeah, that together like,
0: i kind of thought maybe she was uh zoe's like arch rival from blackish and you had to watch blackish to know who that person was
1: no but i thought like i just thought this whole episode was so weird i thought it was funny like there were entertaining parts to it but what a weird kind of slop fest of a first episode. There was
0: no story. It was like, I thought it was very bold to make like a breakfast club esque bottle episode in the, yeah. in the first episode with no story where we just kind of like introduce everybody's types, have them sit in a room and literally write a letter to the teacher.
1: Like it's just, it was just uh, the breakfast uh, club about why they wanted to be in that class. And it didn't make sense why any of them wanted to be in that class. like why their situations forced them to choose that class. I was like, did they all, does this mean they like flunked out of the school they wanted to go to because of this experience? Because that didn't really make sense to me either. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like Anthony Anderson's daughter. Who I'm going to keep calling her that because I don't know her name.
0: Zoe was the uh, character's name.
1: Her name's Zoe? Okay. Uh, Zoe had this experience where she was at like a sorority party and her friend puked in a pool and she bailed on her and that was like the worst thing that could have happened to her and for some reason like also why did you do that to your friend (laughs) and then everyone else judged her very harshly all the people in the class that were telling their stories and they all told their weird stories about why they were in the class one guy was like a drug dealer but it didn't make like it didn't tie in for me. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying. attention.
0: He didn't attention, know he I was a drug dealer. Fuck. He's like, I'm not a drug dealer. I just sell pills at a markup. Oh my god, I'm a drug dealer. Yeah. Was he was he the same guy who he kept calling his dad a bum because he's a cab driver? Yeah, I didn't buy that for a second. It was, it was unbuyable.
1: It was just the whole episode was weird. I didn't like. It didn't make you feel anything toward, and they tried to come out swinging so hard for all these
0: different characters, yeah.
1: to like let you know exactly what they're supposed to be. And it was just like, oh, this is way too much. Make it like community, where you learn a little bit at a time, right? You know, develop it
0: because that's the whole. That was the same premise as community. Look at these all people. All these people have nothing in common. They're from all these different walks of life, but their circumstance find them in the same place, and look, they're going to be a family. Over time we'll develop them and see how they clash and how they love each other. That seems to that's be right. what, what Gronish is also, but they've already let the cat out of the bag about everybody.
1: Yeah, Gronish is supposed to like someone said, think of community mixed with blackish. Yeah. I think that's yes. I think that was the idea. Did
0: that's... you think it was smart of them to put Anthony Anderson in the first ten seconds of this show? um because i can't decide I thought, it, if it was either really smart to establish the universe or immediately weak and desperate to need to connect to the universe
1: i think it i think it established the universe i don't know if it was really smart or if that was the way that they should have done it but it it helped for me okay and someone right. but i still felt like i missed stuff yeah, because I didn't watch Blackish.
0: I thought a lot of the writing was clever. Like I thought a lot of the, the little quips were were clever and well written. I didn't huh. think she was a very good actor. I thought she was really overacting, especially the voiceover, which was like thirty percent of the show. She did so yeah. much voiceover. Yeah, uh, and it, which was really just it just served as obvious exposition, like we said yeah. before. I,
1: I also thought it was weird that they had Dion Cole. As the professor, yeah. who also like was a character in blackish, and they explained all of that and showed clips of stuff that oh I didn't. I didn't get
0: so he's playing the same character though, like a friend of his of the dad yeah, yeah, it was originally titled college ish which is even <laughs> which is even more clunky right I don't have anything yeah. to say about that
1: it's even more grown ish g r o a n
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. Do you, know, college-ish. do you know if Blackish set out to be this like important cultural thing or did it just kind of backwardly become that?
1: I think like we watched the first episode and I think it 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 was swinging for that to yeah. begin with.
0: So this show is obviously going to swing for that also. Same minds.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so, maybe for like a younger generation.
0: Regardless it kind of just by virtue of association it kind of has a responsibility to to be that show, right? Like now this actress is going to get nominated for Golden Globes. You think so? Not because she's good, because of the subject matter.
1: I don't know. I'd I'd put a board bet on that 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 she won't ever get nominated for a Golden Globe well, for Bronish. I guess it
0: depends on on how well it holds up. The th- the thing about uh uh spin-offs and what makes them so rare when they work is that mm-hmm you're counting on your entire audience to be people who watched this other show. Every everybody who watches Grownish had to be a Blackish fan. I mean other than you right. and I who watched it experimentally. But like if you're watching it for something to watch, it's because you liked Blackish, which immediately rules out every other potential viewer of this show mm. when you just start a yeah. new sitcom. And so that was the case with uh Young Sheldon. Big Bang Theory mm. is so ubiquitous we can get away with having a show where the only viewership is Big Bang fans. Right. right? Young and,
1: Sheldon's doing well, though, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but Lowest Common Denominator. It's something on a network. It's It, it airs alongside Big Bang Theory, so that's good right. for anything that airs alongside Big Bang Theory. is going to do fine.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think as soon as you have... Yeah, and blackish is a way smaller audience too
0: yeah well and and grown is not on the network it's on freeform which is really yeah
1: bad. i was trying to figure that out too i was like is freeform just the place i'm getting this stream from or is that an actual company
0: no it must be a subsidiary of blackish's network whatever that might be i don't know but they, they must belong to the same people except when one of the classmates said the word shit i was like well, hang on, you can't say that on TV, as we learned this week. And so I had to look yeah, up what the s- network was.
1: They said that, and they also said, um, jerk off at one point. Which
0: I was like, oh, I missed that. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: The twins are saying something about how they can't, um, they can't go back to the hood and be, like, like jerking off a homeless guy
0: behind some store, right, which okay. I was like, whoa, What? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't give it my ass. It's not for me.
1: Yeah, I, I don't either. I don't think I'd be. I think we did give Blackish our ass.
0: I think so. I think I liked it.
1: But I don't think we give Grownish our ass. Um, yeah, Blackish is on ABC.
0: Okay, that's what I would have guessed. Yeah. I feel uh, like it wasn't. Maybe I just don't watch enough television commercials. But I feel like it wasn't marketed very well. Like I really don't hear that much about. Groanish, considering how much acclaim Blackish gets. Yeah, and it's awards season. Yeah,
1: true. It's not going to be nominated for anything.
0: Well, not now, but it might in the future. I don't wish bad things so. for it. I do. Okay, I guess that is the difference.
1: <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. I, i It might find its feet. Yeah. Sometimes things take a season or two.
0: Okay, it is up to me to recap the first episode of The Shy, Yes. Uh, which I don't know if I... I definitely can't tell you anybody's names, so I'm just going to have to do my best. Um, how are you going to time me? Do you have a clock there? Some I time? have a
1: clock right in front of me.
0: Okay, so give me a countdown and then tell me when to stop.
1: Okay, I'm going to get you to go ahead and start in three, two, one...
0: This takes place in Chicago, I guess on the south side of Chicago, where uh, everybody's really just trying their best. It begins with this young uh, man who turns up dead. Uh, There are suspicions over who may have killed him, but nobody really knows for sure. His parents are heartbroken. Uh, His father, who's really been an absent father, but apparently loved him all his life, Uh, seeks out uh, revenge on his son and accidentally kills a teenager who he thinks caused the death but probably didn't, plus there's a chef. (laughs) Yeah. You crushed it. Who's probably the most winning character is the chef, the brother of the second guy who gets killed.
1: He's definitely the person who's kind of found his own lane and is working on his own legally. Yeah, so like he's he wants
0: to start his own restaurant, he's got a girlfriend. He seems to be like the most together character. That said, my biggest criticism of this pilot is that I have no idea who the main character of this show is. Like, uh ensembles are fine, but every yeah. every lost needs a Jack, right? Every community needs a Jeff Winger. And I don't know who that is on this show.
1: I totally agree. And I don't know it kind of reminded me of the Wire combined with like um, Shameless just for the setting, combined with like I don't even know what the other show is. Tremé maybe? Do you ever watch Tremé? No. Kind of seemed like that. It was about like a bunch of different stories happening at the same time around Chicago. Okay. Or even like like um uh what's it called uh high high maintenance.
0: I've never heard of that either.
1: So High Maintenance, is a it was a web series, and now it's an HBO show, but it's about one single drug dealer who bikes around and gives people weed, but the stories are all about the people that he's giving weed. Okay. And sometimes he gets tied in a little bit, but he might only be in for like, like 10 minutes an episode. Oh. Whereas the rest of the story is around like, okay, we got to get weed. Here's what I'm trying to do, or like, like I'm having a party and I want this or like we're middle-aged and we're making weed brownies. Usually the, the weed is like uh, a far beyond character in what's actually happening. It's it's just, it's just a way to get other stories.
0: You might've told me about this. It kind of sounds familiar and it reminded you tonally of, of the shy.
1: Yes. Okay. Well, it's a little bit more funny than the shy.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting that it is decidedly not a comedy when Lena Waithe is like her big historical moment was the fir- being the first uh, female African American to win for a comedy writing award at the Emmys, and she wrote the yeah. she wrote the Thanksgiving episode of Master of None. That's what we know her as. She's Denise from Master of None. She's so hilarious, and yep. she got this drama on the air, which by the way had to be well underway by the time she won her Emmy. It's not like her winning the Emmy got her a TV show
1: right she was already in on it
0: and she wrote 15 episodes of bones that's her resume pre-master oh really yeah that's her writing resume but still like that's not a whole lot to be given a show to create that she gets to do what she wants with
1: yeah there was a lot going on in that first episode so many people five storylines yeah i guess so there was the kids there was the old man there was the um kid with the bike there was the chef
0: the dude and there was the, the, the mom. the dude who lives with his mom and yeah yeah that was kind of funny at least one kid i thought that was kind of yeah. funny the older guy who was the father of the first murder victim and and killed the second murder victim i was not clear for the longest time whether or not he was actually the father jason's father i guess he was I, right i still am not clear Okay. He kind of said he loved him like he was his son Right, that was what threw me off At first, I was like, why is the cop Telling this man about Jason's death Unless he's the father Except he doesn't yeah. seem heartbroken enough to be the father And then he says, I loved him like a son Which implies he's not the father But then they get into a fight over how He's not present enough to, to Be able to claim he's the father And then yeah. he seeks revenge on This kid who may or may not Have been his kid, It was very confusing he seeks revenge I, I he ends up
1: shooting him. I don't think he meant to.
0: No, it was an accident. And he was I think that was an and accident. And he was horrified when it happened. Yeah. But it seems to me the premise of this show is going to be uh, when somebody gets murdered, it creates a web of murder. <laughs> and it could be like Southside so Chicago's really... like
1: got the murder rate like it's like the the highest murder rate capital in in the
0: States well exactly but our our buddy the chef at the end has the kid who witnessed the second murder show him the old man and he gets like this dark look in his eye like I'm gonna kill that old man and so I'm like shit are we gonna see another if if that's the case if somebody gets killed because somebody else got killed every episode this is gonna be a depressing show
1: yeah I think I think if you ask Lena Waite, she would say that Chicago was supposed to be the star and everyone else is just kind of a supporting cast.
0: That's kind of an interesting outlook. So maybe we'll just abandon storylines. They'll come and go and different actors can come along for a few episodes. And really it's just part of the tone of The Shy.
1: Yeah, which which really, I mean, there were main characters in, in um,
0: the, wire. the Wire. But yeah. they
1: definitely came and went. And I feel like people would be remiss in not mentioning The Wire when talking about this show.
0: Okay, wh- why exactly would that be? Because we're showing the underbelly of society. That's not fair. It's not the underbelly of society, but th- but the the hard done by in some cases.
1: I mean, people that people that aren't shocked by you know a dead body on the corner. Cultural and the violence. First instinct. Yeah, and yeah. the first instinct is should I steal shoes off him, and then getting caught up in that. Right. And you know there being kind of a police officer that's you know got a heart of gold. Yeah, Al- along with another police officer who like might be like, you know, you should book them and you're kind of not tough for not.
0: That police officer seems like a good action. guy. I thought it was, it, it felt very deliberate that he was like the only white character in the show. And yeah, it seemed interesting to me that they were not, they were deliberately not painting him as the enemy as, as a police officer or as a white person or, or anything else that made him, separate from the other main characters in the show
1: yeah that's a good point it's kind of weird how he wasn't you know that like considering the time they chose, or maybe that's considering the time that is less expected that he's actually a nice guy yeah maybe you know not not due to the fact that he's white just due to the fact that he's a police officer it's a shock
0: that maybe i'm reading too much into it that that i acknowledge that I I like the, the storyline with the kid auditioning for The Wiz. I think that was cool. Yeah, that that's, was fun. That's straighter to Lena Waite's history. She told a story on Fresh Air about how when she was in high school in the drama club, she implored the drama teacher to let them do The Wiz, and they did. Oh, that really? She, that she like, loved The Wizard of Oz when she was a little girl, and that her mom showed her The Wiz because she should see The Wizard of Oz with black people, and that changed, right. her, that changed her life, and they got to do it at school.
1: And she was like pushing for it. Yeah, oh, uh, that's fun. It's a good story.
0: Yeah, the Wizard I can't of Oz picture is good. her
1: being. I can't picture her being so gung ho. Like knowing her character in Master of None, I can't picture her being so like passionate about writing because she just seems so kind of
0: like aloof about about what the Wizard of Oz Right? no about like writing and acting. I don't know if you listen to her on like some podcasts re- recently, or she was on Stephen Colbert. She's very articulate. And she's, she's very, um, she seems very kind. Like she seems like okay. she's got a, like a really good, a good heart and head on her shoulders. Uh, yeah. And she's obviously smart. You can hear just in her Denise character I'm Master of None that she's, she's very clever. Totally. Um, so I don't know, I get it. I just find it odd that we know her as this comedy person and clearly she had this great uh, drama streak in her. And that's her first yeah. foray as a solo artist.
1: Yeah, what did you, what did you think of the show? Did you like it? I thought I liked
0: it. I thought it was good. I uh, like I said I was a little lost cuz I didn't feel like there was any one character I could anchor to. Maybe that chef guy. I liked him. I'm definitely rooting for him, but I'm yeah. not I'm not convinced that he's he's the main character.
1: I think he is um, just based on where the show went. Right. Um but I I think the, I think the only character that is is lost is the one that that's murdered in the first episode everyone else i think it's going to keep going back to them don't you
0: it's either going to keep going back to the 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 murder victims and who's connected to them or it's going to immediately move on from the murder victims towards and have a bunch of new people the next murder victims right
1: right yeah is it is murder the like number one thing about the shot i don't know
0: except for that two people got killed in this pilot yeah
1: yeah, that's true. I guess it's, uh, you know, when you live in Iraq, as Kanye West calls it.
0: Right. Murders every day. Because you're right. It's not a cop show. It's a drama. It's like a family drama. Uh, yeah. With very, very heavy subject matter. But there was certainly a heavy murder presence in that pilot.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was centered around, you know, drugs and trying to get money.
0: That's right. Do you give it your s?
1: Uh if someone asked should I watch The Shy, I would say yeah. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I don't know if I'm going to watch the next episode. Okay. Although I'm kind of I might watch it out of curiosity and if that gets me, then I'm
0: in. Yeah, sometimes it takes a couple.
1: Yeah, but uh but it felt like a bit of a marathon to watch. There's so much so many characters, so many storylines to follow. It was long. A lot of arguing.
0: Yeah, that's true. Which
1: I find a little tedious. (laughs) Um, Hate when people fight. I know all this conflict. How are you going to make a show (laughs) about conflict? Uh, But what about you? Did you give it your ass?
0: I definitely give it my ass. I think it was very good. And I think it has a lot of merit. And I think a lot of heart went into the show. Um, Yeah. And so, especially if it's a subject matter you can relate to, or if you just want to be more exposed to, I think it's a, I definitely think it's a good show. I'm kind of with you. Like I, I guess I'd be curious to see another episode, but I don't know if I want it to be 57 minutes long. Like if it was 35, I'd be in for sure. Yeah, And then I'd be curious to see longer ones if I was still invested.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I think the thing that, that makes me want to watch more is to know the structure of what the show is. Right, okay. Once I know that for sure, I'll be able to answer if I give it my ass. That
0: is a criticism of the show that we can watch an episode and we don't know what the structure is.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I mean, a criticism of our show.
0: No, of the the shy of, uh, we don't know who, who we're supposed to be following or really where we're going story wise from this.
1: Yeah. Or if it's going to be all the same people and, or totally new, totally new thing.
0: I guess we'll see. We shall see. I think this kind of worked. I think maybe uh, technologically it's not uh, perfect, but uh, like clearly you're on the phone. But we, we, did yeah. a, we did a podcast the same way we always would.
1: I'll put it this way anytime that there's a chance that I might drive my street and go through the guardrail at the bottom, we might uh, resort to doing this.
0: And we definitely can. Yeah. Now, now we know. That's good. And we know that we can have guests.
1: Totally. Yeah, I could have had Jen on tonight.
0: You you definitely could have. Because oh, Becky's made her cameos.
1: She has. You're right. <laughs> I should call her in to ask things of me or suggest uh, Friends episodes to watch.
0: I'm sure she'd really appreciate that. Knowing Jen. <laughs>
1: yeah, or or Buffy episodes or mainly NCIS episodes. Uh, She's been watching a lot of New Girl and the Mindy Project lately.
0: Oh, that's, we've been re-watching New good. Girl also. It's it's a pretty good rewatch. It's honestly. a good rewatch. It's a very easy, lovely show to watch. That first season is solid.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. We're still trying to find out when Winston gets really weird
0: what makes him really weird. <laughs> he does get weirder. I just because in the. I was going to say in I, the first
1: I, episodes he's just like defensive.
0: Yeah, that's and kind true. kind of like masculine. Except he's kind of my favorite. He is. He's, yeah. He's kind of my he's favorite. Great. Except for that I so relate to Nick. I feel like Nick is me in every way. I, I everything he says, I feel he yeah. is my spirit animal in every which way. He gets crazier and crazier, but I, I Yes. I identify with Nick Miller.
1: Him drunkenly yelling and <laughs> screaming is always so funny.
0: Well the thing about that show is it was supposed to be this quirky vehicle for quirky zoiditionel, and she's fine. But the, the heart of the show was the guys in the show, and that was unexpected. Ever,
1: everyone else becomes the the star. That's yeah, right. I agree.
0: Uh, Will Smith went to the zoo this week. And... <laughs> That's
1: the start of my favorite children's book ever.
0: He went to the zoo, and he, like, I made this whole production of it on Instagram, and he, like, interviewed the animals, and he took pictures with, with fans and stuff. It was this whole charade.
1: Oh, my God. Did he... Uh... I don't know. Did he, like, at any point... What zoo was this?
0: I just some zoo in his local neighborhood. I don't
1: know. <laughs> his local neighborhood
0: zoo? Yeah, he just went to the nearby zoo and, and made a thing on Instagram. <laughs> made a wow. moment of it. Made a day of it. Did
1: you, did you watch it? No. You didn't see any of the videos? Why would I do that?
0: Consider, I watch Considering it. our philosophy.
1: Because... I mean, I, there's a lot of people I don't trust. I mean, we still talk about Donald Trump every episode. We still oh, watch why?
0: what he's doing. Why do we, by the way? I don't we know. Stop. We can talk cut about that it. out. Yeah, we should.
1: We can do 15 seconds of Trump and that's it every episode.
0: It's <laughs> time for 15 seconds of Trump. You know why? Because we don't trust Trump. Don't trust Trump. And don't trust. And we never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. Okay, buddy. Thanks, All right, man. Thanks good, a lot. Uh,
1: good show from afar.
0: Yes, it was. I'll see you tomorrow.
1: Alright, see
0: you man. Everybody bye.